This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to a very special episode of your favorite podcast and my favorite podcast, Life's a Banquet, a show about all things edible, spreadable, pourable, with your hosts, me, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and me, your ex-wife, Melanie Griffith. <laughs> Bonjour, Melanie. <laughs> Bonjour, the traditional greeting of your people, Antonio. <laughs> How art thou? I'm good. How are you? Well, as I was briefly mentioning before the show, I am the owner of a brand new, shiny, painful, horrifying hangover. Hello. Mm. Welcome I to me. I had one of those yesterday. Really? Mm-hmm. And how did it go? Um, it went fine. You know, I had a headache and I was very sleepy, so I took a nap. Um, mm. We thought we were going to record yesterday and we didn't and that was great. So I'm just like off to bed with me. And then I had to go to work and it was fine. That's kind of what I'm doing today. Normally, I force myself, no matter what, to get up out of bed and take a run at like 7 a.m. And today I said, fuck that. I'm cuddling under my bed, which was unfortunately littered with popcorn because apparently I blacked out last night and brought a bag of Trader Joe's popcorn into my bed. (laughs) Into my bed. Well, you would not kick yourself out of bed for eating popcorn. That's well, I mean, I don't good. really have many other places to snuggle up. I guess I could have gone to the couch, but so you it's far less comfy. Under your bed after the hangover kicked in. <laughs> yes, I went under the bed with all of the dust and hairballs um, and my suitcases. Of Trader Joe's popcorn, I just saw that there's a Trader Joe's opening in Williamsburg, and I don't know why this disturbs me, but it does. Interesting. Um, I won't be going. <laughs> right. Well, because really there's Trader Joe's in my neighborhood. For your yeah. Not because you're protesting it, but because you have one right down the street from your house. Exactly. It's inconvenient, and it will be annoying and full of French people. I know. It's also, like, in Australians also. Um, and, uh, yes, a lot of Australians so not tipping a, on their groceries. A ton of, like, lines. But do the wealthy people of Williamsburg even want discount Thai-flavored cashews, or what? <laughs> I guess the people have spoken and they need coconut dusted olives. <laughs> Do they want Trader Joe's brand Coronas? Uh, <laughs> um, I love Trader Joe's and I got the other day when I was in there getting some things for work. I uh, picked up a box of peppermint stick Oreos. Let me tell you, little bits of crunchy candy cane inside of there. It was a true delight. I'm not really, that's not for me. I know, I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. Stop yelling. <laughs> I'm on one today. Let me tell you, I was making, while I was researching for the podcast this morning, I was making myself laugh and laugh at absolutely nothing. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get on the air and share my silliness with all of you. What is it about a hangover that makes you feel extra funny? I'm not sure that you are extra funny, but you feel like you are. What? Why? I think it's because you're just like on a different plane than everyone else. And I came to work with a hangover last month and we had made hand turkeys, you know, where you draw a hand like little kids do. And then you turn Mm -hmm. the hand into a turkey. Yeah, that's great. Everyone everyone did that at work. So (laughs) I had to contribute my own and I was hungover 
And so my turkey says like, Eat, shit, and die. No, it says, this is a turkey, and then it says, we are all turkeys. And then everyone at work started putting their hands together when they got to work and saying, we are all turkeys, because my turkey inspired them. That's funny. Thank God for you. That place was probably a real snooze fest before you <laughs> yeah. arrived. Now look at now look yeah, at them. Laughing, yucking it up. Together, yes. <laughs> That's what you do. You bring magic everywhere you go. I also want to mention that I woke up this morning and found my underwear in the middle of my kitchen floor yeah that tracks for a hangover or for the drunken night but what did you do to get so well i'm gonna start i'm gonna do this like the backwards episode of seinfeld i'll start from this morning and i'll go back no um uh ryan and i went out for a couple of drinks and we had like three old fashions in like 45 minutes (laughs) that's like the time that i slammed like three manhattans (laughs) i was like yeah why do they do this it's the stupidest thing in the world (laughs) it's so stupid it like catches up with you and then starshin was we went to henry public and starshin came out of the kitchen and he was hanging out with us and I blacked out because I believe that there was something to do with like shots of Fernet, which I cannot imagine I participated in, but I remember pouring it all over Starson's gigantic hand and his hand was like wet with Fernet and he didn't <laughs> even like wipe it off <laughs> or get, I got him a napkin. He didn't even use it. He just, the whole time, he just let it air dry. <laughs> well, I, well, that's very sticky. I, um, the night before last went out with a bunch of my teen coworkers, like eight women under mm-hmm. the age of 30. <laughs> um, and you, there to babysit them. <laughs> and me, their mom. Um, and we went out to dinner, and then we, I went out with a couple of other people to have drinks, and we, we went to this place, which is called 45 Degrees, which is like the stupidest sushi restaurant. That sounds very cool, very Earth. hip. Um, and so <laughs> it's a stupid sushi restaurant. It's even stupider to go to sit at the bar and have a drink there. But we went in there. It's hilarious. Um, I love it. The man bartending was wearing like six, like, you know, those like 90s chain silver necklace type situations. Like the ball ones? Yeah, but also there were like chain link fence type situations going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, wow. And I was like, oh, this guy is gay. That was my mm. assumption, which is wrong. Uh, okay, you were like, this guy is hot. He <laughs> might be gay, but he look at his chest. Was not gay. He was wearing six necklaces, big giant. They weren't even like hanging. They're just like about mid chest length. That all I don't understand. Anyway, I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> I hope he is, and you guys can get together finally. Oh no, he's seen someone. He's a dancer for one of the troops. I don't fucking know what they're called here. Um, and. He's not gay. But anyway, um, we had two French 75s there, and that put me over the edge. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you had a French 75. Well, my friend that I went with ordered one, and I was like, I guess I'll just drink St. Germain past the year 2011. That's fine. <laughs> um, my fr- my uh, We had a party that we did this weekend. My friend. Oh, my God. We had a party that we catered this weekend, and uh, they wanted French 75s. I mean, they're good. And also, something terrible happened at this party. Oh, my God. I was, I've been waiting to tell you about it. I can't wait. <clears throat> the day was Saturday. <laughs> the problem was the 100-plus latkes that I had prepared and asked. So here's the thing with latkes. You have to either, when you 
if you're going to make them ahead, you have to either fully cook them through, you have to add cream of tartar and enough of it and mix it very well, or do like the shock thing with like cold water. If you don't do those things, sadly, your latkes will turn pitch black in the middle. They will? Yes. Oh. As I had mentioned to you earlier in the week, Ryan and Steven, the banes of my existence, just kidding, I, my loving coworkers and friends, uh, were giving me like a hard time about the lock making process in general. Sure. And I, in turn, was a huge bitch about it. <laughs> so we had all cultivated some poor karma around this situation. <laughs> the lockers that I made were fa- fucking fantastic, perfect 10, gorgeous. They had the little like strands hanging off that were crunchy. They were puffy because I put baking powder in them. They were fucking delicious. Somehow they didn't get enough cream of tartar and they did not get mixed up well enough. So when we get to this party on Saturday night, a latka party, a ha- specifically a latka party for Hanukkah, um, Ryan opens one up and they are black inside. They are all black, pitch black. I mean, the color of midnight. What makes dark them black? Turn that- they oxidize. Why? Because potatoes are from hell. <laughs> That's why they grow underground. So, fucking, we had it. We like looked at each other. We're like, what could we do? Do we scoop it out and like stuff these with a mozzarella ball? Yes. And I was like, mm, I was like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> And so Ryan had to run out in the middle of the party once the guests had already arrived, get fucking 30 pounds of potatoes. And in an open kitchen with our backs turned to the guests, we had to peel the potatoes and make the latkes from fucking scratch. Are you serious? In the middle of the party. Yes. That's insane. A hundred latkes, again, from scratch. (laughs) Did you? I came so close to death by heart attack. I can't even, like, explain to you the level of stress. This event took years off of my life. (laughs) In in that in the stressed out capacity, I don't even know How? what I could have done in those extra years, but I I will never know. So you're just pan frying them like on, <clears throat> in shallow oil on the stove. Exactly. And yes. they didn't know what was happening. They did, but they didn't know that like we necessarily had brought them ahead of time. Maybe they thought we meant to make them all at the party. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which, that's insane. It was the worst moment of my entire life. I have to be honest. Every <laughs> precious, beautiful latka. Ruined. Black. Black. Not just like gray or like kind of brown. Pitch black. Yeah. Dark as <laughs> it was night. was fucked up. Dark, yeah. They were dead and, and loving it. <laughs> Latkes. Dead and loving it. It was very fucked up. I have to be honest. It was... It was terrible. I also burned my arm and smashed my finger in the door and I'm going to lose the nail. It's been a rough... It's been a rough week. That is tough. You need to get into a new line of work. I agree. Every day when I wake up and, and every moment until I go to bed, I say, why did I choose this profession? <laughs> well, last night you didn't say that. <laughs> well, that's because I was throwing up. You just whispered it into your <laughs> bag of popcorn, maybe. <laughs> I threw up when I got home. <laughs> I threw up like a teenager. I never threw up. I can't remember the last time I fucking threw up. I stumbled home like fucking Jimmy Stewart and like it's a wonderful life. And the old man's like, what are you doing? You're drunken fool. Like that was me. <laughs> You're like, I'm just what are you doing now? I'm there, you drunk fool. Anyway, anything about uh, Ben and Jen? What the fuck are they doing? Are they still oh together? What's happening? This is crazy there's an update um you're not gonna believe this okay 
Well, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, so apparently, allegedly, these two kids, these lovely children who are dating each other in their 50s, uh, <laughs> they got caught snuggling on the Jumbotron at a Lakers game. Okay. Uh-oh. I thought you said they got caught having sex in the back of a cab. That's much more innocent. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, at his age, do you think he can even have sex in the back of a cab? Like, I think probably, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so you had talked some shit last week when I said that I was excited to see the new Mike Mills Joaquin Phoenix vehicle. Come on, come on. Yes, First it does of all, seem- not cheesy, not cheesy. Wonderful. What a fucking delight of a movie about the perils and sadnesses of being a kid. It's really intense. It was really beautiful. I just don't want to see. I don't want to see it. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to, but I'm telling our listener that they should see it because it's fucking not corny whatsoever. It's amazing. Did you like the movie Beginners? What? Did you ever see the movie Beginners? Yes. Adult Beginners? No, just beginners with, um, God, why do I always want to see Ethan Hawke? Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Yes, I have seen that. Where his dad. Same director. Wonderful. Um, anyway, that's besides the point. This is about Ben Affleck where I'm going. There was a, unfortunately a preview for his new film before this movie. (laughs) Also about an uncle to which I shouted in the theater. This is uncle propaganda. Did you say that? Yes. Made, it was like, just like, we're going to see a movie about an uncle. Here's a fucking uh, trailer for another movie about an uncle. Well, I, you know, like I think I'm, entertainment is circular, right? So obviously uncles were big in the 80s, and now here we are again. Uncles are back. Right. Uncles are back. They are everywhere. Uncles are the new black. Um, so uncles are the new black center of my laka. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, this movie, Nicole, is... Probably the most, you want to talk about a cheesy movie about an uncle. This is a cheesy movie about an uncle. Directed by one Mr. George Clooney. This is about, you've guessed it, a Boston uncle who owns a bar. And it gives, like, advice and tries to get his his nephew, like, his nephew goes to Yale and becomes a writer. I think it's unfortunately a true story (laughs) (laughs) about a white man's trip to Yale. To Um, to an Ivy League school, even though he comes from his middle-class roots. (laughs) Exactly. And Ben Affleck's just like, you gotta try hard for the things you want in life. You understand, kid? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Sometimes, kid, in this life... Life will get you down, but sometimes it also gets you up. So you just gotta work hard. <laughs> that's the movie that I want to see. A feel-good romp in Boston. Okay, great. <laughs> We're gonna go see it in the theater. I'm gonna rent a whole theater for like a thousand dollars. Just two of you, two of us can see it. Great. Actually, I don't even want to go. You can just go alone. <laughs> I don't really. I don't, I don't really want to see. It. I'm just kidding. I just. I don't. I just shy away from anything that could be schmaltzy, and that. Joaquin stars with a child just seemed like it would be schmaltzy to me. But I no, guess. No, you know what? It's not. Okay. I thought so too. But I have to be honest, it's just really good. And also, Gabby Hoffman is in it and she's a real delight. I do love her. American treasure. Uh, America's sweetheart, Gabby Hoffman. Um, not to be confused with Dustin Hoffman. They're not the same person. <laughs> no, but she is his daughter. She is? <laughs> no. Oh, I was going to say, interesting. <laughs> Oh, the Hoffman connection. This is six degrees of Gabby Hoffman. Oh, Lord. Um, huh. Do you have anything else interesting to say? I feel like I did, but it's all gone. I 
do have something interesting. Well, it's not that interesting, actually. But it's only interesting to me. But that's what the listeners sign up for. Um, yes, please. I just went. I in. I've entered into a white Russian phase of my life, which oh. usually happens. I'll just like get the urge to have a white Russian, and then I will have a couple. You know, throughout however long the Kahlua lasts, and then I won't have another one for like three years. That's fascinating. I've never had a white Russian ever in my life. <clears throat> We're talking about men, right? No. I'm talking about the delicious beverage of the dude drinks on the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a white Russian. Okay. Well, um, that's hard to believe. But um, I like them, and they're like high cal. You know, it's like this time of year where you would want to drink one, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I always thought of it as more of a summer drink, but very tasty. <laughs> yeah, it's like mint juleps <laughs> and white Russians. That's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, should I have a margarita or a white Russian? I don't know. I can't decide. <laughs> this Mexican restaurant. I should. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone! I know that you were all hoping for frozen margaritas, but instead, I've ordered us around with white Russians. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, okay, well. It's time for us to enter into our now forced upon you annual Christmas episode. <laughs> yep. Zara, annual Christmas episode. Zara was like, what should we do? And I was like, Christmas movies. And she was like, again? And I was like, well, we haven't done them in 365 days. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but what's funny is, I don't know if you remember this, but the movie that I'm going to talk about, I already have talked about on the show oh yeah i think i did remember and i just didn't want to say anything it didn't seem worth it but you know what nobody's really listening except for mike sala onion known onion dip fanatic and kelly who is the only other person besides me who's ever seen this movie um you know who else listens to this podcast is my friends jess and trina of dacha 46 i'd like to give them a little plug because they're amazing cooks and their business is wonderful and Check them out at Dacha 46. Okay, I will. Listeners. Uh, <laughs> okay, I will. Okay, so, bye. Okay, don't make that sound. I'm leaving. It's not I'm a, hanging out. Not a problem. I can just speak into the void. Um, okay, so this for me is the annual episode where I talk about Santa Claus the movie, the greatest movie <laughs> of all time. It's actually one of the worst movies ever made. But, um... It's such a strange, like, little picture of what the 80s was like. And I watched it as a kid because I'm old. And I just, it's been permanently implanted in my psyche. And I can't shake it. It's not a good movie. But it has a lot of things that I like, which is Dudley Moore. Can I, can I just ask one question, though? Isn't the Santa Claus uh, it from the 90s? That's the Santa Claus. I'm talking about Santa Claus colon the movie from 1985. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about uh, the Santa Claus with one of our nation's forefathers, Tim Allen. <laughs> no. <Go ahead. laughs> I know now what you're saying. Um, okay, so this movie has Dudley Moore, puppet reindeers, orphans, capitalism, John Lithgow. It has everything that you want in a Christmas movie, okay? Praise Jesus. Um, so I'm just going to, so what I did last year, or whenever I talked about it last, I don't remember, is I just sort of did a little synopsis, but we're going to deep dive into this now, okay? We're going to go, yeah. in, we're going to analyze this, think about <laughs> it, 
You're going to have to write a paper, okay? <laughs> also, got I got all of my information from wikipedia.com and this podcast called The Flop House, which is a bunch of white dudes joking around about bad movies, but it actually was pretty good. So maybe check it out. <clears throat> if you feel like your podcast listening is too diverse, perhaps you want to <laughs> narrow that down. Um, okay, so this movie came out in 1985. Um, the person who directed it had previously directed Superman, which was a success. Um, but then apparently his career sort of went into the toilet after Superman 2. And he did this movie and Moonwalker, which is another movie from my childhood that maybe Kelly and I are the only ones who've ever seen. But um, it's I don't remember that movie. It's a Michael Jackson movie that's not really a movie. It's like music videos strung together with a thin plot, also involving orphans. Orphans oh, are really big in the 80s. How fascinating. Um, yes, orphans <clears throat> were huge then. Also, orphans play a, a, is a theme in the movie, Come On, Come On, which I now work for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So also, interestingly enough, Santa Claus, I found out in depictions of him, always wore a green suit until really? that, until Coca-Cola made him have a red suit on. So he was always wearing a green suit, and Coca-Cola was like, you know what, this isn't really vibe with us because our can is red, and he should be wearing red, you know, to be on brand. Green suit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's velvet. How fabulous. I know, it looks better, I think. Huh. Um, All right. I say we bring it back. Yeah, we should bring it back. So, okay. The plot of Santa Claus, the movie, a movie that none of you have ever seen. Um, (laughs) It begins in the Middle Ages. And there is a a dude. There's a dude named Klaus. And what Mm -hmm. he, his whole deal, his whole like passion project is going around delivering hand card toys to the children of his village. I guess he himself doesn't have any children. So he's like, here, you guys, I made you these hand carved toys. It's the middle ages. This is fun for everyone. And he goes around with his wife and his two reindeer. And he's like, here you go, everybody. Um, then, you know, you see that there's, they're stuck in this blizzard after delivering all these toys and they are just like wandering around and they get saved by these magical elves. And they're like, dude, guess what? It was prophesied that you were going to wander into our elf village. And so as a result of us saving your life, you are now doomed to live forever and deliver children toys on Christmas. And the Christmas will, the night of Christmas Eve will never end until you have finished delivering every single toy to every single child. Oh my God. What this poor person, all he was trying to do is be like a friendly neighborhood creep and he gets cursed by a bunch of elves. Yes. And then he's like, oh my God, this is great but you know why he thought it was great because in the middle ages there are probably only like you know like 1,000 children alive but sure children died very young in the middle ages <laughs> um so they're like okay so your name is Klaus we're gonna call you Santa Klaus and we're gonna give you six more reindeer that we just have lying around here and also we have this hay that has like drugs in it <laughs> and it makes reindeer fly <laughs> Uh, and this is a true funny. story. This is a documentary. Um, so then we <laughs> fast forward to the eighties and Santa Claus is like fucking exhausted because overpopulation, you know, that was a big issue in the eighties also. Um, totally. And so, you know, if you will recall, this dude has to stay up 
as long as it takes for him to deliver children toys all over the entire world. So that's probably like a long time. Um, yeah, he's the one who's probably doing the drugs and the hay, the hay drugs. <laughs> hey now. And his wife is like, bro, you need to get an assistant because this is too much work. But I love it. It took them until the 1980s. From the Middle Ages to the 1980s, he was doing this all by himself. Wild. So in order to like move the plot of the movie forward, they make two elves compete for the position of his assistant. One is named Puffy. He's a traditionalist. He's like, let's make toys the old-fashioned way. I don't care how long it takes. I hate you guys. And then <clears throat> Patch is the other elf. He's played by Dudley Moore. Star of my favorite film, Arthur, which also Love stars Arthur. Liza Minnelli. What a great movie. Amazing um, movie. And also, I do remember this movie. I've seen it. Oh, you it's have? Okay. kicking in. Mm-hmm. So, Patch, obviously. Long ago. Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. Well, don't worry. I'm going to give you all the detail you could ever possibly okay. imagine. Um, great. So, Patch wins the competition, obviously, because he's the bigger star of the actors who are playing these elves. Um his whole deal is that he's into modernization. So he's like, why do we make these toys by hand when we can make them with a machine? You know, because it's the 80s. Sure. <clears throat> um, so Santa Claus is like, yeah, dude, this is great. Put them all on the machine. You're my assistant now. God bless America. I mean, the whole world. <laughs> and um, everything's great. But what you don't, what Patch doesn't realize, and then, you know, it is his fault that he doesn't like maintain his machinery. But the machines start to sort of, break down a little bit so the way that the toys are being made is in a much shoddier crappier way than the handmade toys which is a metaphor for capitalism um absolutely so well but whatever so this happens we don't even know that it's happening all the toys get packed up into santa's little bag and then he goes around on christmas eve and he meets two orphans a poor orphan named joe and a rich orphan named cornelia the circumstances of which they meet each other, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. How is the rich? How is there one of the orphans rich? Just like independently wealthy, or I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, she started her own business. She's a girl <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> she was like the star of Annie or something. I mean, how? I'm serious. How is the orphan? Like, she lives with a rich family. She's been adopted. No, I'm gonna explain it. Okay. Okay. Um. So she, Joe, does she have like a purse? <laughs> a purse. Yeah, does she carry her, like, a per- fancy purse? I think she probably does have a purse. Um, so Joe, the poor orphan, like, sleeps outside. Uh, they're also, for whatever reason, they're in New York City. Like, they couldn't possibly have gone anywhere else for this moment to happen. Um, so Joe lives outside. Rich Cornelia has a mansion. Um, they meet Santa Claus. This will come important later. Um, on Christmas Day, all the shitty toys that were made in the machine fall apart and everyone's like, we fucking hate Santa. He sucks. <gasps> and they send all the toys back somehow. Um, and Patch resigns. He's so upset. You know, he's like crushed. He's destroyed. So he resigns and he leaves the North Pole and he moves to New York City. So this is the prequel to the movie Elf. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay. <laughs> Which I don't really like. I don't really like the movie Elf. I'm oh. sorry. You know, that's very controversial, that but it's not really controversial. my favorite. I do like that movie. It's okay. I enjoy it. I like James Caan, of course, but. Yeah. Um, so then, okay. So Cornelia, we find out, lives with her step-uncle, BZ, played by John Lithgow. He is a disgraced toy maker billionaire. Um, 
he's in trouble with Congress because he made toys that are dangerous. So like you see him like testifying in Congress about how his toys like killed children. I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Um, and they're like, we don't really care. Also, this is more uncle propaganda just for the yes, record. But he's a step uncle, not a blood uncle. Mm-hmm. Just want to point that out. Still fairly unclear. It's also like weird that they made him be a step uncle. It's like not important to the plot in any way. Um, so the, he, everyone's like, dude, your company sucks. We're pulling all your toys off the shelves. Patch walks by a Bloomy Nails or something and he sees everyone pulling all the toys off the shelf and he thinks that it's because they're so popular because he's an idiot. Um, so he goes over to BZ's workplace and he was like, I want to work with you, pal. And John Lithgow is like dressed in like a zoot suit, chewing a cigar, and he is amazing, and I love him. Um, amazing. He's like, okay, no problem. Let's work together. It, I don't have any questions about the fact that you are an actual real life elf from the North Pole, <laughs> uh, and I don't have any questions <laughs> about that. I just want to hire you on the spot. Um, so he gets the job. Patch decides to make lollipops that can make people fly using that drug that was in the hay. So he does this and he sends all these out to these kids in a flying car. And these kids are like, Oh my God, this is so cool. We have lollipops that can make us fly. And it's a huge hit. Nobody's like, this is very dangerous. What are the side effects sure. of this drug? Cause it was the eighties, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, now people won't even get vaccinated back then. People are just like eating flying lollipops <laughs> well, the, and pop rocks. Lollipops themselves were not flying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then, okay. Um, things are really going great. And Santa Claus, who apparently is like a sensitive little baby is like super discouraged because Patch's lollipops are so successful. <laughs> and like somehow he found out about this. I don't know why. Um, so then BZ decides to create his own Christmas called Christmas two, and it's going to be in March. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> too close. You gotta make that shit in like in July. Christmas in July. I know he's an idiot. So, and his whole goal for whatever reason, cause it doesn't even seem like that cool of a job is to take over. He wants to be the new Santa Claus, but in March. So he's like, this is a great plan. Wow. So he's like, dude, he's like, put a ton of this flying powder into candy canes and we're going to pass these out on Christmas too. And Santa Claus is going to be like, this is terrible. I'm so sad. I'm no longer Santa Claus. Um, meanwhile, Cornelia has taken in orphan Joe and put him in her basement of her 300 room mansion for some reason. Um, and she's, they are down there and like by the coal bin or whatever. And they overhear BZ plotting that what they're actually know they're so they found out that there's something wrong with the candy canes and if they <laughs> they get anywhere near heat of any kind they'll explode because there's too much drugs in there <laughs> oh my and God. so rather than fix the problem bz's like okay well let's just send them all out we'll take all the money and we'll go to brazil and we'll place the blame on patch and we'll just like skip town um and they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. We have to tell someone. But then they get caught and they chain Joe to the radiator. And what the hell? This is so violent. Yeah. And then Cornelia writes to Santa Claus, even though it's not Christmas time. It's like January or something. And she's like, Santa Claus, you're my only hope. Please come down and help us. And so Santa Claus <laughs> does, for some reason, gets down there. He's like, oh, my God, this is such a problem. Let's go rescue 
this kid Joe, or no, Patch goes and rescues the kid Joe. Then he sees that Santa like carved a wooden figure of him. And he's like, oh my God, Santa misses me. So then they're going to join each other, but they don't really know how to do that. So they hop in his rocket car and Santa's flying around with his reindeer. And um, Patch is like, okay, I'm going to take all of these candy canes and put them in the back of my burning hot rocket car. And I'm going to fly them up to Santa and be like, Santa, I'm sorry, I betrayed you. Let's just do this project together. Because he doesn't know that they explode when exposed to fire. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So they're driving around. They're about to explode. Santa Claus pulls off a maneuver with his sleigh where he does a loop, goes underneath. The car explodes. They fall out and they fall into Santa's sleigh. Meanwhile, BZ is like, fuck you guys, I'm not going to jail. So he eats a million candy canes and just starts to float so high that he floats off into space where he, of course, dies because you can't live in space without a space event. Um, And then, yeah, then everyone's like, hooray, happy ending. The orphans just like move to the North Pole. I guess that's the plan. And uh, yeah, everyone lives happily ever after. Oh my God, what a story, huh? And Dudley Moore is here for all of it. What's happened to Dudley Moore? Is he still with us? No, he's dead. Very interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. Is he actually dead? Yeah, he's dead. Really? When did he pass? I don't know. How did he go? What what happened? I don't know. I'm sure, I thought there would have been some follow-up here. (laughs) I feel like he died like a long time ago. He probably died right after the filming of Santa Claus' movie. He died of shame after the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that reminds me. So I was going to read some reviews, but I, t- I took up a little bit too much time. But I do want to mention that uh, John Lithgow is like, this is like the cheesiest movie I've ever been in. And thankfully, no one remembers it, except for for whatever reason, it's like one of the most popular movies in England. So if he goes to England, that's what people know him for. Oh, my God. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So Dudley Moore died in 2002. Oh, I'm sorry, Dudley a long time ago it's almost 20 years ago huh yeah he had some sort of brain issue and died during a coronary artery bypass surgery oh wow way to bring it down nicole you're the one who was like (laughs) tell me exactly how he died and how much he suffered (laughs) how much he suffered oh my god okay let's take a break when we come back more riveting old movie content that you already probably know from me (laughs) my name is brandon boy co-owner of roberta's a super duper awesome place roberta's is a very 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 proud sponsor of the heritage radio network we're also super awesome thank you heritage and guess what just like that, we're motherfucking back. Oh my Hello. god. Why did you say we're it like back. that? Have you been watching the new Sex in the City? Would you? And just like that, we're back. Would I watch it? Of course. I need to, you know, Isn't see it out, all right? the outfits. <laughs> I need to see the outfits. I need to see how they try to make up for having a show that was on the air for 10 years with basically no people of color in it and uh, tons of viciously inappropriate. <laughs> kind of language and yeah so i want to see like what they've done to rectify all that (laughs) okay well i don't know if that's what they're gonna do (laughs) and i also want to see what what they say happened to samantha i'm assuming they're gonna say she died of that breast cancer that she had once had no they said that they were just gonna say that they're not friends anymore that's what they 
They're just going to say we don't like her anymore. She was our best friend, and we just, like, got rid of her as a friend. She was, like, the most compelling member of our foursome, and we stopped talking to her. Yes. She was just too hot, and all the rest of us look old. (laughs) 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 All the rest of us had filler, and she decided to age gracefully, and we just couldn't be around her anymore. Um, Um, Okay, so I... That's fine. I'm going to, yes, I will, to answer your question, I will watch it. Um, I couldn't help but wonder what it will be like. (laughs) Oh, no. I've created a monster. (laughs) Look, strap in, okay? Everybody strap in and strap on, if that's your thing. Because I'm about to tell you the story of my favorite Christmas movie and maybe some of yours. Christmas vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Now, the other day, I was having somewhat of an awkward conversation with Becky, and to kind of get out of it, I was trying to say, well, I just feel like Clark Griswold in Christmas vacation when he's waiting for his bonus. <laughs> and she just looked at me stone-faced and had admitted she never saw it. What? So now we're no longer friends. She's never seen <laughs> just like vacation? that, <laughs> Becky is no longer my friend. Yes. It's sick. I can't even understand what she... Does why she... Not? What was her childhood like then? What, She's a grump. Is that surprising? Could, She's a grump. Yeah, but like when you're a child grump, like you can't avert... <laughs> child grump. You can't avert your eyes from the television where this movie is playing over and over and over constantly <laughs> everywhere you turn. Notorious child grump. <laughs> <laughs> Becky McNeil. Just kidding, Becky. I adore you. You're wonderful. And you're funny and silly, but but a little bit of a mini child grump. Okay, so this movie is based on the short story called that John Hughes wrote called Christmas 59. I guess it must have been about his own childhood. Um, and so whatever. So I'm going to just go through like a couple of things that I thought there was going to be some like really salacious behind the scenes information about this movie, no, which I told you it was just a fun oral history. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, w- I read the article you were talking about in Rolling Stone, the oral history, but like it was fun, but it didn't really have that much. So I've kind of taken this in a couple of different directions, but I'm going to start by telling you uh, some of the kind of just interesting facts about Christmas vacation. So Todd and Margo, who are the like hoity-toity rich couple that lives next door in like a very like, I don't know, state-of-the-art style house in this <laughs> yeah. supposed Chicago neighborhood, uh, I don't know who played Todd, but Margot is played by the wonderful Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. Um, and here I wrote, Todd and Margot's house was in Meatball Weapon. But what I meant to say was Lethal Weapon. It is in Lethal Weapon? <laughs> yes. Huh. Actually, the whole neighborhood is uh, on the time on the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank. Uh, not the exterior that's shot in Colorado, but the interiors of all the houses are on the Warner Brothers lot. And so this um, group of houses have been used in a lot of things. Uh, other houses on the lot uh, have been used in the movie Pleasantville, WandaVision, and I Dream of Jeannie. What a and weird collection of things. <laughs> very strange. And the do you know the scene when they're um, when Clark, when Chevy Chase gets left at home? And he's in the attic, and yes. he, has, he starts watching and the old movies. And he starts crying. Truly. The whole movie is a fucking, a 10. It's a fucking 10. And anyone who's just kind of dismissed this as, like, some silly Christmas movie and, like, maybe seen it once long ago, please rewatch it, because it is so perfectly 
the comic timing is truly unbeatable. Um, anyway, so when he's watching those videos, the childhood home that like is in the videos also on the Warner Brothers lot, and it's the same house that they used in Bewitched. No way. Yes way. Um, the old pickup truck that tailgates them in the very beginning scene when they end up going underneath that log <laughs> truck. Yes. <laughs> just so funny. What are they, are uh, they going this, to get their Christmas tree in that scene? Yes, they're yeah. going to get the Christmas tree. Um, so the pickup truck that is tailgating them is the same one that Kurt Russell drove in Overboard. Oh my God. I that another classic film that I love. Amazing. Kurt Russell is a gift to this world. So hot. That's so always going um, on, okay? 100%. That's absolutely true. That's why they found each other. Um, Aunt Bethany, you remember Aunt Bethany? She's the one who comes over with, who's the man? What is the name of that actor? The one who ends up blowing up the Christmas tree with his cigar? I don't know, but he's also an uncle, just to keep us on theme here. He's an, oh yeah, he is an uncle. That's true. Uncle, what the hell is his name? Like, uncle He Leo? has like the toupee stuck to his hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what his name is. Is it Leo? Movie. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking of Uncle Leo from uh, Seinfeld. Oh. Um, so Aunt Bethany um, was also the voice of Betty Boop and Olive Oil. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. There's a lot of, like, amazing um, older actors. Like, Doris Roberts is in the movie. Like, there's just wonderful. Oh, also uh, what's interesting is so that woman that plays the mother of Clark or his wife i can't remember she was only like a couple of years older than fucking chevy chase oh really yeah she's famous too i can't remember her name the actress's name at the moment she's in that oral history she was like i guess i reached this point in my career where i have to play old people now but i'm literally only like 47 or something oh that's really funny (laughs) she's very famous i'll remember her name in a minute but anyway oh diane ladd is her name yeah yeah um the squirrel that like run jumps out of the tree when they have to cut down a new tree and bring it in and then it terrorizes the house. Uh, the squirrel that had been training for months to perform the squirrel stunts dropped dead the day he was set to film this scene. <laughs> so they were forced to shoot the scene with an untrained squirrel. That's pretty scary, actually. Right. And... Um, one of the actors recalls that the claw that they were told that the claws are sh- like little razor blades and to be careful of it as this fucking freak thing is just running around <laughs> razor blades. And this morning after I read that I was going to get coffee and I looked at a squirrel cause it was unusually rotund and I looked at it and then it like just put its little hand. I was trying to get a good look at the hands and, uh, it like turned towards me as though it was going to attack. So I ran down the block. Yeah. Well, away they, from it. they're fat right now. Cause they're, they're getting ready for winter. So they all are pretty chunky. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. And then they're thinner in the summer. Yeah. They slimmed out of summer bodies, like their beach bodies. <laughs> they take off their suits and they become pigeons or rats. Although if I summer. saw a squirrel at the beach, I would be shocked. <laughs> I've definitely seen a squirrel at the beach. <laughs> Swimming in the water, surfing. <laughs> tanning um so they made a 2003 sequel unfortunately mm-hmm. that went uh, straight to video or was like on tv or made for tv and it was called christmas vacation 2 cousin eddie's island adventure no in which randy quaid and miriam flynn are stranded on an island <laughs> in the south pacific for the holidays why i don't i feel bad that randy quaid was in that movie 
I know I do too. But um, anyway, so uh, direct the first director and um, ex- famous explorer and uh, murderer Chris Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a different guy. I don't think so. How many of them could there possibly be? Who directed Home Alone and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club was originally set to direct Christmas Vacation, but he got in like horrible fights with Chevy Chase and has said many times that Chevy Chase was like really cruel to him. Oh no. And he was just Which like, is on brand for him. Yeah, he's notoriously a big fucking dick. He chased him away. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. You were waiting for that one. I just came up with it, I swear to God. <laughs> um, okay. So that those are the most kind of interesting tidbits and facts. I just want to talk a little bit about some of my favorite food moments from the, from the movie, which is obviously one that I reference constantly, I'd say at least once a week, if not more, uh, I guess mostly because I'm a cook, so I'm always, it seems applicable, but is... Uh, when they open, when they cut open the turkey on Christmas and also, it cuffs open, is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to cook a turkey for so no. long that it will just be? No, of course not. Classic, and the outside is like perfect. Classic '80s skeleton inside. <laughs> it's like probably. To, I have to be honest. To me, it's like the funniest thing that's ever happened in any movie ever. <laughs> I can watch it over and over again, and it makes this like crazy sound. It's like. <laughs> Just like air and smoke oh, I think comes out of it. One of the things that that oral history taught me that I think is really great, even though Chevy Chase is an evil monster, is that that scene where he, the Aunt Bethany puts the cat in the present by accident and mm-hmm. he's holding the present and it's like shaking the cat all around. But it's there's no cat in there. It's just all his acting, like all of his yeah. like physical He comedy. is one of the funniest people. Yeah. I really do think Chevy Chase is absolutely incredibly like genius level funny. He just happens not to be like a, allegedly the nicest person, but man, he is a funny guy <laughs> and he used to be really hot. Honestly, up until that movie, he was still kind of hot. I would have done Chevy Chase in Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah. Chevy Chase and Fletch? Call me. Oh yes, definitely. Fucking come at me, Fletch. <laughs> come at me. <laughs> Call me Fletch. Uh, don't call me Fletch. Call me Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fletch. <laughs> I said don't call me Fletch. Mm. <laughs> um, what was I just going to say? Oh, also another fact was that um, like in the last scene when they are all, when he, when Chevy Chase has that like epic rant of like, no good scum sucking motherfucking like, and he goes off on that like long thing. You would have thought it was ad-libbed, but really it was written. And like everyone in the cast had different cue cards, like they were holding them <laughs> so he could remember what it was supposed to say. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I know it is really funny. Um, okay, so yes, of course the turkey is great, and then obviously when they're at dinner, and Aunt Bethany has the Jello mold uh, with the cat food in it, which is fantastic. Um, I always love the scene in the beginning when Beverly D'Angelo is making a salad and like smoking a cigarette at the same time. Yes. She just like hacks into a iceberg lettuce. It's very very uh 90s kind of vibe i love and her it, she yeah. is such a hottie i absolutely love beverly d'angelo she is hot she's sultry she has a sexy voice she's wonderful she's a real she's a revelation um those are kind of some of the best ones and obviously like the jelly of the month club ends up being his uh 
ends up being his gift. And then really probably one of my favorite se- uh, scenes from the whole film is when Randy Quaid and Chevy Chase are like chatting right after he arrives and they're having eggnog in those like moose cups or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which are from, it's a reference to the original vacation because they go to Wally World. Right, right, right. And like he breaks the like little thing that's in like whatever that little, you know, diorama thing is that he has in his office and he's wearing the dicky. It's just so funny. My dad used to like, that was his favorite scene. He just like lost it every time he came on. He thought it was so funny. I like this. And he was right. Uh, in the oral history too, they talk about how da, or Beverly D'Angelo, I mean, I feel like she was saying in that oral history, she was alluding to the fact that they were boning during yes. all of the movies. But so there's that scene, um, at the end where like they're the Costco or whatever. And she like grabs his dick. Basically. His crotch. Yeah. And it was that. And she did it. Didn't yeah. even tell him that she was going to do that. But that was just kind of like the acting relationship that they had because obviously they've been sleeping together every vacation movie. Um, I just thought Every that was time, I was time like, for vacation. <laughs> um, I thought that was cool. It, it is very funny. Yes. Um, okay. Now I went, <laughs> I Googled Christmas vacation movie food. And what came up first was, now I don't want to make fun of this person because I'm sure they're very sweet. And this sounds like a very pure and fun party that they've planned. But it did make me. <laughs> really just chuckle the level of detail they went into describing some of these things. And I, I want to read them to you. So each year, this person throws a Griswold in uh, a Christmas vacation theme party at their home, okay. which is adorable. It is. Uh, the the uh, website is called Seated at the Table, S-E-E-D-E-D. Okay. So according to the website... For, quote, first, you must ask your guests to dress in their tackiest Griswold-inspired outfits. With a quick Google search, you can find a lot of ideas. Encourage <laughs> them to get creative and not spend a lot of money. But if buying a costume is your only option, you can find some good ones here. And she gives a link. Okay, very helpful. Thank you. Um, it helps to invite friends who are also a fan of the movie. Well, what or if they you won't... don't have that many friends? <laughs> can't just pick and choose which ones have seen the movie what if becky wants to come what do i do (laughs) she can't come uh or they won't be as appreciative of the christmas vacation themed (laughs) food and decorations (laughs) that's true though that is true these friends will also be more willing to plan a fun tacky outfit this person really likes to use the word tacky um that's fine Again, I'm not making fun of you. But I just am like paying. I'm you're just, making fun of her a little. Just noting your attention to detail. <laughs> we use Evite to email invitations, so there is no need to bother with obtaining mailing addresses or purchasing stamps. So she's definitely embracing technology. That's good. And she probably <sighs> works for Evite or whatever. It's a completely free service. <laughs> Evite does not have Christmas vacation themed options. So I just pick the best one that fat, that fits this tacky theme. Yeah, that's good. She's making the best of what she has. Amazing. Okay, great. <clears throat> uh, this cat. Oh, so then she goes through some of her decorations and it looks like she has on her floor a, a, a burnt cat a shaped hole like in the movie. Right. And she goes, this cat models the fried cat. <laughs> she just thought it's funny that she called it a fried cat. <laughs> so many times. This cat models the fried cat from Christmas Vacation who fried through the floor. after <laughs> Who died? This cat died. <laughs> who fried through the floor. 
floor after playing with the Christmas tree lights. This fried cat was made with, <laughs> with black construction paper <laughs> and tinsel. <laughs> That's creative, though. That's creative. I like uh, it didn't la- it's very creative. It didn't last through storage, so I'll be making a new one this year. Probably <laughs> yeah, using black felt and cotton-based fuzz. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next few photos are free printables of Christmas vacation signs with quotes from the movie. So she printed out like movie quotes and put them in frames everywhere around the whole house. Um uh, I use an old-fashioned plaid tablecloth and put multicolored Christmas lights with large bulb across, bulbs across the food table. That was the only decoration the table needed because, remember, this is a tacky party. Oh, yes. I, I could not forget. You won't yes, let me. It's, ta- it's tacky. <laughs> and Beth, so she makes a couple of foods and she prints out pictures that she screenshotted from the movie and puts them next to um, the food and, like, there's a whole tutorial on how to print out the sign and fold it. Um, and Bethany's Jello mold. There's no recipe for this one, and it's pretty much not for eating, just for fun. I made a green Jello mold with cereal pieces to mimic the cat food in case anyone really did want to eat it. Unfortunately, <laughs> this cereal dissolved in the Jello. <laughs> okay, well then, how did Aunt Bethany? How did the cat food not dissolve in the Jello? That's the question. Uh, that's the real question. Um, <laughs> Clark bars. She ordered Clark bars. One of my favorite ideas was having these Clark bars on the table. I came up with this at Michael's one day and saw the Clark bars in the checkout line. I ordered a box of 24 bars on Amazon. What's, then, what is a Clark bar? I don't know. I've never had one. It's chocolate. Maybe peanuts are in there. Everything is kind of the same. Isn't it all just chocolate, peanuts, and caramel in different, like, order? Sure. Probably. I don't know. So... Then she had white M&M's to, with a sign on it that said Tylenol because at, like, one point in the movie, Chevy Chase says, Jesus Christ, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> it's a pretty forgettable line, honestly. But uh, Hey, you said so you weren't she, making fun of this lady. I'm only this one part. I'm not making fun of her. She seems like a very sweet person. There are white M&M's or chocolate candies bought in bulk to imitate Tylenol. This year, I might actually serve them the in an actual Tylenol-labeled container. That could be okay. tricky, though. I don't know what the legal law is about that. I know. Be careful, lady. You're you're on shaky ground there. So that's <laughs> if you want to throw a party, a food party up that's themed after Christmas vacation. Go to this blog and figure out how to do it. There's lots of very intricate steps. Okay. So then I went to commonsensemedia.org, which seems to be a Christian website <laughs> for parents to say what they think about movies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and if they're okay for kids or not. So I just took a couple of reviews from here that I'd like to share. Not appropriate. Yuck! Exclamation point. There is some slapstick humor, but really the language and the sexual overtones are inappropriate. Lying and adultery are not funny under any circumstance. Lying is untrue, ma'am. They can't watch a movie where someone lies in it. I don't know. I guess not. So they've never seen Liar Liar then. I have no problem telling their kids that Jesus is real and coming back to Earth. (laughs) You can't watch Christmas Aviation. (laughs) (laughs) Or Liar Liar, my favorite movie. (laughs) That's true. Your favorite Jim Carrey movie. Um, (laughs) Is that time? Okay, it's that time of year again. Do not try this at home, exclamation point. Lot of dirty comedy and slapstick comedy for the family that likes some old, mindless Christmas movies. 
tame compared to the many wild 2010 comedies that <laughs> where people are having a drunk party all the time with loud rave music. <laughs> what Christmas movie is this? I would love to watch it. <laughs> it's 2010. They're at a rave and it's Christmas. I'm going to probably it. talking about it's a wonderful life <laughs> starring me as drunk Jimmy Stewart <laughs> stumbling down the street. Um, ridiculous exclamation point. This show is awful. <laughs> the sexual stuff and married man fantasizing about another woman is wrong. Exclamation point. This movie is not fit for children or adults. Exclamation point. It's a perverted movie. Exclamation point. Okay. So this guy, he's running around town telling everyone that you can't even fantasize about another woman. Like this guy, are you telling me that he does not fantasize about other women? He only thinks about his wife when he's jerking. No, he probably think fantasizes about fucking Lindsey Graham. I don't know. This sounds like some, a really repressed person. Ridiculous. I'm reading it again. This show is awful. The sexual stuff and a married man fantasizing about another woman, women is wrong. This movie (laughs) is not fit for children or adults. It's a perverted movie. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) I want to get a sign of it and hang it in my home. (laughs) I love it. That's fun though. I, my mom would not let us watch it. We can only watch it at my dad's because she was offended by the sexual stuff, I think. Oh really? And the swearing. The swearing. Yeah. I had no parental or government oversight as a child. And so I was really allowed to do anything that I wanted. Nobody cared. I used to run Faces of Death from the video store at like age nine. I Um, also watched Faces of Death when I was a kid because my uncle, uncles, the theme of the show, my (laughs) uncle would always rent them. And then I watched them when I was way too young. And now we all know that they're all fake. Yeah, and that Leonard Nimoy is from hell, like his best friend, the potato, <laughs> like his favorite food, potatoes. Um, so what the fuck was I going to say? I don't remember. What are we even talking about? How do we get here? Oh, uh, I was going to say that. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I was going to say that um, the uh, preview before Christmas Vacation came on on the VHS tape was Gremlins. And I was so scared of everything when I was a kid, like scary movies and like, I don't know, really the dark, everything. I just like couldn't watch it. So I'd have to like hide my eyes while the Gremlins preview was on. And to be honest, I still feel fear Gremlins. My sister refuses to watch it. Yeah, they're gross. And the movie really, I didn't care for it. I love Gremlins. I finally watched it last year. I didn't like it. This is more proof that Gremlins is in fact a Christmas movie because it's on a VHS with another Christmas movie. So it is a Christmas movie. Um, but that yeah. reminds me of being scared of stuff when I was a kid. Last night at the restaurant, for whatever reason, they decided to play Thriller, the song by Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I came in, I was working at an event upstairs, so I wasn't in the restaurant. But I came in and I was like, oh, I guess we're just playing Thriller because it's Christmas time. Um, and one of my coworkers, who's the only other person who's old enough like me to actually have remembered that being on the air or whatever... And he's a couple years older than me. So he was like, he was like, well, Nicole, Thriller actually did come out around this time, if you'll recall. And I'm like, Josh, I don't remember. I was only like four. Um, But he was like eight, so he had a better memory. But I was like, I do remember my parents telling me that I had seen the video and I was so scared of it that every single time Thriller would come on the radio, I would start screaming at the top of my lungs. 
Yes, and you told me that. That's Thriller funny. Thriller was always on the radio because it was a very popular song. <laughs> so you so were just constantly these panicked. people are fucking driving around with a four-year-old psychotic child who every time Thriller comes on, just like screaming at the top oh of her Oh my God, dude, that's so crying. funny. And there's nothing you could do to stop it because it was the 80s. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Does it still scare you? Let's see if you'll scream on the podcast. No, no, no. I, I can I can now safely watch it or can listen to it without without crying or screaming. Ba-na, ba-na-na. No, no scene uh, on the podcast. Um so here is my question to you, Nicole. This seems obvious. What are your top three? Oh, actually, before we do this, I want to mention I have, we have a follow-up from last week that we almost forgot about. It's very important. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. But Mike Sala told you something. Oh, yeah. That we have to mention in regards to last week's show. Do you want to say what it is? Yeah. So Zara loves to claim that she's never seen or done something. And she said at one point that she had never been to a dinner party. This is like 300 episodes ago now. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not true because you have been to dinner parties at our mutual friends, Ryan and Angela's before. And Zara was like, oh, that's right. I think of it more as a barbecue, but that's not the follow-up that I was talking about. I don't think a barbecue counts as a dinner party. I think it's lovely, and I was absolutely so honored to be invited, and Ryan and Angela (laughs) are fabulous cooks. But a dinner party is indoors. Okay, so, okay, okay, wow. So you've never been invited to a barbecue in the winter, is what you're saying. (laughs) I've, look, I've been to plenty of barbecues. I've not ever been really invited to a dinner party. Now I've been invited to one dinner party at Lauren and Courtney's house, but Mm -hmm. I think that's the only one. Okay. And my mom invites me to dinner party, um, dinner party. My mom invites me to dinner party because my mom loves me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but also, you have been to my birthday at their house, and that was not a barbecue. It was tacos. I wasn't there. You were there. Oh, that was years ago. That doesn't count. That was like seven or eight years ago. Okay, so now what we're saying is when Zara <laughs> says that she's never been invited to a dinner party, what she means is I've never been invited to an indoor dinner in the last seven years. <laughs> that was a party. That was a par- regular party, the other party. I don't even think I had any food. That's not a dinner party. It was long ago. But this is not to besmirch Ryan and Angela. I think they're fabulous, and I'd like to continue to be invited over. It's just the next time I'd like to sit inside with some wine. No, that's that's fine. (laughs) You can can just stay inside, and everyone will be outside. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take my dinner inside, please. Party for one. What was the other thing I forget? Well, this was much funnier than what you said, was that (laughs) Mike Sala reminded you that he had an incident with a a a, a vicious attack turkey. So I can't even, and he's going to be so mad at me, but I, um, I don't remember the details except for that Mike Sala's family had an experience where a turkey broke through their window, basically (laughs) committed suicide (laughs) in their home. And they had to like figure out how to get rid of it. And it's very, (laughs) and they're very large. So it's like very scary. How did they get rid of it? They should have eaten it. It was already dead. I mean, I don't know. Mike's not want not. Mike will text me and let me know exactly how it happened. Um, I feel bad that I didn't get more info to refresh my memory. Um, You were just like, LOL wild. You didn't even want to hear anything more about it. Like, what do you even do? Do you just throw it outside? I guess. Do you have to bury it? Garbage bag? He told me in great detail when it happened, but I then forgot this the details um except for the fact that it happened and then 
I did not know that you were going to bring that up. I forgot also. I have a bad memory. That's funny. He's like, so there I was, me and my whole family preparing our nightly onion dip. <laughs> yeah. Um, there yeah. I was, fist ankle deep in onion dip. <laughs> yeah, they instead of carpet have onion dip. <laughs> That's squishy. That's nice. Um, <laughs> should we talk about our favorite Christmas? You know what I think we should do really is, Mike, if you wouldn't mind, please, could you just do a voice memo, record the story yourself, and then we'll play that on the show because I think I'd like to hear it in your words. You're very funny. Maybe we you have can a have him come on as a special guest at the beginning of the episode and he can fabulous even better next week Um, stay tuned for a very special episode with the most famous person in this podcast (laughs) (laughs) onion dip (laughs) fiend (laughs) so i think instead of saying my top favorite christmas movies which i definitely did last year i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. the movies that i'm forced to watch the most often because they're always on fucking tv when i go to my parents house okay great so number one is the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen one, part three with oh, um, fucking, with what's his name? Oh, who's in Father of the Bride as the wedding planner? What's his name? Steve Martin. No, as the wedding. Martin pl- Short. Martin Short. <laughs> Martin Short plays Jack Frost. This movie's terrible, I and I hate I it. And I've seen it three hundred million times. I never even knew it existed. Actually, that's not true. You've mentioned this before. Yeah, I'm I'm very, actually very upset about it. Um, And then the other one that's always on TV that my friend had just watched recently for the first time, Jingle All the Way. That's one with Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Love it. Classic. It's it's not very good, though. (laughs) Of course it's not. Tell me, I mean, but it's Arnold doing comedy, which is really what he was born to do. But here's my number one. This is going to probably cause a huge controversy that will go viral and sweep the nation and cancel me. I don't like the Christmas story movie. Guess what, bitch? I don't like it either. Yeah, it's not very fun to watch. It's a very depressing, angry movie. (laughs) Agreed. Also, I just don't like the sound of the narrator's voice. The sound of his voice is just, it creeps, it's just sends some bad vibes my way. I'm, I've never liked it. I never, ever liked that movie and now we're both canceled. I, I know. Anytime I reveal this to someone, I get very nasty looks. And you know what? Here's the thing. Meanwhile, I'll Becky's know. running around never having seen Christmas Vacation and we're getting persecuted for not There's liking it. Sh- exactly, Nicole. <laughs> and there's just no comparison between Christmas Vacation and A Christmas Story. In fact... I will no longer accept friendships from people who like a Christmas story. Yeah. I think it's a red flag There's if that's also, your favorite Christmas movie. Every year, one of the channels has a fucking marathon of that movie. And I'm like, why of all the movies? This I don't know. I don't understand. Why? It's horrifying. And then um, also, I do, I do like It's a Wonderful Life on paper. But I love it. I my dad makes us watch it every year because my dad's name is George Bailey and my stepmom's name is Mary Bailey. So like you know that's a oh whole my deal. god um, that's very amazing. Does your dad look like Jimmy Stewart? Because I have super hots for J- young Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life. Yeah, my dad at the age of sixty five looks like a young Jimmy Stewart. So that's amazing. <laughs> well, please call me other George Bailey, Nicole's dad. <laughs> Uh, well, as we've learned, Zara, a married man is not allowed to look at or think about another woman. So yeah, back stop off. thinking about me, your dad. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I love It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know. I can just watch it like over and over again, mostly because I obviously get really hard for um, 
what's his name? Jimmy Stewart, as I previously mentioned. But yes. um, I, it's also just such like a socialist film. I That scene in the end when he finally goes home and like all the people come to like help him out and give him money, man, that fucking every time it doesn't just bring like a little tear. Like it, I like weep when I watch so, that. I can't not here's weep. Here's my issue. I, I, I guess I don't think of myself this way, but this will prove me wrong. I'm such a delicate little flower that like the scene where Mr. Potter like hides the money. I, yeah. From the uncle. I like can't bear it. It's too, it's too hurtful. It's, he I didn't, know. it's not even, it's not even like that guy's an actor in that moment. That's like, that's the uncle. <laughs> another well, you uncle. Know He's a another, paramore. Another I think. uncle. <laughs> another fucking uncle, man. You're working for big uncle. There's some kind of uncle energy. Yeah. Big uncle energy. Totally. <laughs> um, but it's just too, it's too sad. And also, the thing is, like, Mr. Potter is not a real person. He has no redeeming qualities. There's no one who's that evil. Scrooge McDuck, man. <laughs> no, but then he takes care of those orphans. His uncles, his fucking kids that are his uncle Scrooge. I wonder what like Mr. Potter is like in the sack. Now, <laughs> well, granted. He's, he's in a wheelchair, isn't he? But yeah, but people, you know, people in wheelchairs can be great in the sack. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just wondering if he's tender and loving <laughs> when he goes home. <laughs> I think we're meant to believe that he is incapable of any human feeling whatsoever. I know that is a really hard thing to watch. I really, I really like love that movie though. Um, and then I love Scrooged. Oh, um, although in recent years, it's one of the best in recent years. It's like kind of shocked me. It's very loud. I know that's like a strange comment to make, but like when I was watching it last year, I was like, this movie is so loud, like crashy, bang, boomy. Like, yeah, I guess maybe I'm just getting older. But <laughs> yeah, that's an old person thing to say. I know, but it really was loud. But I do love that. And I love a Muppet Christmas Carol. I've never seen that. Oh, that's a crime. You need to watch it. Michael Caine is a, is a delight. He's truly. America's sweetheart. British Michael Caine. <laughs> British Michael Caine is is America's sweetheart. Um, that's really a great one, and I mean, of course, Die Hard and I like Batman. Batman Amazing. is a Christmas movie. I think so. I feel like Batman is a Christmas movie, or the one with the Joker. That's the that's bad. That's the first one. Yeah, that's yeah, a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, Michael Keaton and Christmas movies, have you ever seen Jack Frost? No, but somebody was telling me about that with my friend Trina. Wait, is that the, is that a horror movie? <laughs> well, unfortunately, they don't make it very scary, but the, the premise is Michael Keaton is like a bad dad, but which is a classic Christmas movie trope, of course. There's no good dads in Christmas movies, but um, he basically, he's a musician, right? So he travels all the time, so he's never around for his kid. Mm-hmm. Then he dies... And he oh, comes God. back as a snowman. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it either, but they did a hard disc get made about it, and it's insane. Oh, my God. Can we watch it together? Sometimes, yeah. folks, Nicole and I will watch a movie together over the phone because we're yeah. the two cutest friends in the history of life. <laughs> we are. It's true. Um, um, yes, we can do that. I think it will be... I can't even figure out. Also, the like animatronic snowman with 
Michael Keaton inside of it, what will happen? Michael Keaton has done a lot of things that uh, are very strange, like well, the movie his, Multiplicity. Yeah, and I think his career sort of, I don't know, it's, it's a very strange career. And you know what? It's Batman Returns, I think. It's the one with Danny DeVito. The Penguin. The Penguin. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the original Batman with the Joker, but the one with the Penguin, right, right, it's all about, because he's a penguin. Duh. He is, yes. And Christmas penguins are very famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all right, should we get the fuck up out of here? What do you say? What do yeah, you know? Yeah, Armin's going to kill us because we went over time. Armin, who is probably our producer, who uh, before the show we learned snuggles under a <laughs> Halloween blanket during Regardless of the time of year, it could be Easter. You've been outed, Armin. You and your adorable little blanket with little fuzzy jack-o'-lanterns on them. <laughs> okay, that's it for us, everyone. Hasta la fucking pasta. Bye-bye. Pray for my hangover to go away. Will do. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.